Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hi, Connor. Today, I want to talk about two incredible women in history. One of them, I feel like some of our listeners may know about, but the other one might be new uh, to, to them, to you guys listening. And uh, for anyone who's ever read the books, The Little House on the Prairie, uh, you're familiar with Laura Wilder. She's the author of those books. Well, the other woman uh, is her daughter, Rose. You know, I've never actually read Little House on the Prairie books. I remember I'd be homesick from school and like the show was like the only thing on because there was a show about it. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Yep. And I don't, I was bored with that too, but <laughs> that was never my thing as a kid. But I love her because... I'm a huge fan of Rose Wilder, later Rose Wilder Lane. Um, she's actually celebrated as an economist in a lot of ways. In fact, I have a shirt with her face on it that I got from the Mises Institute store, and it's one of my favorites. And she was one of the first female libertarians. So she holds a very special place in my heart because, honestly, she helped pave the way for women like me to, to, you know, to bring more libertarians into the movement. I think that's exactly right. You know, her upbringing actually helped shape her views where of course, uh, sharing a story that is one of many in the Tuttle Twins Guide uh, to Courageous Heroes. And so you can head to TuttleTwins.com slash products to check those out if you haven't yet. And, uh, you know, if you've read the books, you might remember how life was rough, you know, on the yeah. prairie. And those who kind of traveled west were, were pioneers. They were, you know, settling land that no one else had really lived on yet. There was hardship. Uh, it was really difficult. And that was kind of the world in which these books uh, were written and took place. It, it was what they experienced. Um, and and so Rose, for her uh, part, she grew up in South Dakota um, and <laughs> didn't really enjoy it. In fact, she once said, I hated everything and everybody in my childhood with such bitterness and resentment that I didn't want to remember anything about it. She sounds like a really pleasant, lovely person <laughs> to be around. <laughs> Well, luckily, she she used her experience to actually help her mom write the Little House series. And a lot of people don't realize that she was one of the authors. Her mother is the one that was, you know, primarily associated with uh, with the books. But before Laura moved to South Dakota, they lived in Wisconsin. Uh, up there, they were surrounded by these like dense forests. And that's kind of where they lived. And, you know, as the books talk about, or what I've heard the books talk about since I've actually read them, um, that things were rough for Laura and her and her family. I mean, they moved to South Dakota and Rose was born there, but this is before that. Um, to say their life was rough would be an understatement. In fact, Laura once accidentally set her house on fire as a kid, destroying all her family's possessions. I mean, I can't even imagine because life wow. was already so tough. You already had, you know, you couldn't bring everything with you to, you know, when you're walking across the plains. So I can't even imagine how angry her parents were and how wow. just guilty she felt. And, uh, you know, it wasn't all pain and suffering, though. I mean, the family also had these moments that they really treasured. And uh, and I think especially when you go through hard trials in life, you you really appreciate the good times even more. And uh, and the good times can make the, the hardships easier to bear. Um, and, and that's a theme I think you see play out throughout the Little House books. And, and maybe in our, our life of relative comfort in the modern age, we lose a little bit of that perhaps. And I think that that's why there's an allure to kind of the, the Little House stories and, and similar stories to kind of 
have a connection to the past when it was much more rough and tumble and and the good times were maybe harder to achieve and 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 uh, weren't as prolonged uh, but I think in our own lives Brittany you can uh, share the the same thing that I can that even though we live in more comfortable times you know we uh, we all have our challenges and we have our really tough times but you get through them you feel stronger you feel more confident and it really makes you appreciate when life is good it it, it just uh you know tastes a little sweeter i guess you can say yeah absolutely and, and one thing i love about there's three main like libertarian founding women and that's ayn rand who we've talked about before isabel patterson who maybe we'll talk about later and and rose and one thing about these women is they they'd probably terrify me if i met them today because <laughs> they were all just like tough as nails you kind of had to be as a woman in like a male dominated sector back then but again i think i'd be terrified but Rose, it was almost like a premonition that she would be tough as nails because she was actually named after the Prairie Rose that somehow managed to grow in even the roughest places. And that to me was is just really poetic and beautiful because it, it emulates or, it, or it's an example of everything you just said, right? That there can be beauty in these hardships. So when Rose was born, her mother believed that she was a symbol of hope uh, and, 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 a, and maybe an, a hope that things would be better. And her parents actually had another baby, and he only lived for 12 days. And they were so heartbreak-broken, they decided, you know, we'll just focus on Rose. We're not going to try again because I can't even imagine losing a child. I mean, that would just be terrible. So Rose grew up as an only child. Well, and there were more tragedies for the Wilders as well. You know, they'd, uh, they grew crops, of course, uh, on, on the prairie, and, and it wasn't really easy to do uh, again it wasn't this fertile land that others had already been you know, growing a lot on they're having to like do this from scratch and at one point they had a ton of debt uh they they didn't have any income um they, they were in a really bad spot you know they they would contract diseases they were sick from time to time laura and her husband uh, had a very deadly disease at one point and, and she healed completely but her husband was paralyzed uh, you know, he had to use a cane for the rest of his life. And, and when you live out on the prairie, right, you, you need the man basically to be able to do a lot of that uh, manual heavy labor. And uh, and so having a husband be paralyzed in those circumstances, you know, you can imagine would be probably pretty terrifying. You know, we talk a lot about Hero's Journey and how there's always that dark, the dark night of the soul, as a lot of people call it, where it's like things are so bad, you're beginning to think your hero's never going to make it. And this was kind of the point where the family could not seem to catch a break. And because of their financial problems, they had to start moving around a lot. They lived in Minnesota for a bit, then they lived in Florida. And sometimes things were so bad, they ended up just having to stay with relatives for long periods of time because they couldn't afford their own place. But by 1893, and this was not the Great Depression, but this is when the country was on the brink of another terrible depression, because we go through depressions and recessions quite often, and that's going to be a good conversation maybe for a later uh, episode. But when that happened, the family headed back to South Dakota. But then finally, a few years later, they settled in Missouri, which is actually one of my favorite states. It's fun to go visit. I haven't been mm -hmm. there. But there was a large uh, apple orchard. They bought a large apple orchard and a dairy farm, and they were raising hogs and chickens. And this was the first time in you know their married life and with Rose that their burden started to lessen. You know, and thank goodness for that. They finally had income. They were finally doing okay. Well, and at this point, Rose is uh, getting older. She's getting a little restless, uh, you know, with this life and the travel, and she wanted to go to this you know bigger, faster-paced city. I can relate and, to uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe that's why you have her T-shirt. Um, <laughs> and so she went to stay with an aunt. Um, 
and and they quickly bonded and uh, she actually rose she she started to really thrive uh, she was becoming a very talented writer uh, she also became really uh, political now what's interesting I think is that uh, you know we all make mistakes in our youth we all maybe wander down paths we shouldn't before we kind of make a course correction and and Rose might say that that's what happened to her she actually became very interested in socialism yeah that's gross I don't, and, I don't like <laughs> we'll look past it because we know what happens later <laughs> and uh, she even worked on this this failed campaign for president for a guy named Eugene Debs and uh, but but in some respects, it's a, it's understandable. Like put yourself in her circumstances. She grew up really poor, and and she kind of resented those who had more than she did, who had comfortable lives, who didn't have to experience the hardships that that she and her parents did. And and she had this like desire, this burning desire to make things equal. She didn't want other children to endure what she did. That, that, that's a good thing. That's, that's, that comes from a place of love, um, right? It's well-intentioned. Um, and, and so she sees early on in her life that socialism is the answer. Of course, that's what the, today it's the same thing, right? It's free healthcare and free education and pay off your college debt and, you know, free school and all these things. And, and, you know, these ideas are well-intentioned. They're just awful ideas because they never work and they, they mask all the problems, you know, with this, 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 uh, this mask of, you know, do-goodery, right? Like things will be great. We're going to help people. And, and that's kind of the allure of socialism. And I think it's why Rose was so attracted to it. We did, you know, an earlier episode about how socialism can make you miserable. And part of that is the envy part of it, right? You get so mad at what you don't have and what others have that you get caught up in that. But but when Rose finished uh, you know, high school, she couldn't afford to go to college. So she worked a series of jobs, even real estate for a little bit. But her real passion was writing. And this is, I think, why I love her so much as a writer. So in 1908, she published her very first article in the paper. Uh, I think the paper is called San Francisco Call. Um, San Francisco has been a haven for socialists, it feels like, uh, forever now. <laughs> But um, so she had always loved reading her mother's journals. Her mom had kept journals of her hardships, you know, on the on the prairie. And after her own success, she started kind of pushing her mother to start writing as well. And typewriters were like a luxury back then. You have to realize that that was not something everybody had. And her her father had finally bought uh, Laura, her mother, a, a typewriter. And so both women began using this typewriter to write, and both started getting published in newspapers. I think it was she was around 28 years old I think when when she got a column in uh, in this newspaper in San Francisco and she would write all kinds of stuff fiction nonfiction news stories opinion piece and 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 she became like this household name I mean people started recognizing her name she would get published in papers across the country and uh Brittany you know clench your teeth a little bit maybe you're not going <laughs> to like this next part but but she went actually from a socialist to a full-fledged Marxist communist basically by the time she was in her 30s. Yeah, I don't I don't And uh, <laughs> you, know, you can burn your t-shirt later. <laughs> no, but 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 it gets better, right? It gets she better. she she's traveling at this point with the Red Cross. She she actually visits some communist countries. And to her credit, right? She sees the failings. Uh, she sees what is is going wrong that this like theoretical idea that she believed in that that sounded good on paper right that that promised all these beautiful things and equality and helping the poor she actually went and and saw the implementation she saw that uh th that these systems simply don't work and so she shifted her political beliefs with that new information she actually 
became a very strong advocate of individual liberty as a result. You know, it's not easy to switch your beliefs. So I, I've always kind of admired her for that too, because having to question what you believe in and say, you know, ooh, maybe I was wrong takes takes a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, but this is how I found out about her because she started hanging around with people like Ayn Rand, who again I would have been terrified of. Um, and we've discussed her before. And then Isabel Patterson, and these were, you know, two pioneering women of, of libertarianism. And Rose was, you know, already becoming this big political person and writing these essays. And, and her mother was finally taking her old journals. And this is when she started turning them into the Little House on the Prairie books. But Laura asked Rose for help. And so this is a really fun story because this is where like this mother and daughter duo starts, you know, be, you know, coming this thing. And they worked together to get the series completed. So it wasn't just Laura. This was a, a, a you know, group effort between the two of them. And I think it was in... 1932 that the first little house book was published laura by this time she's 65 years old um, but the the book became like an immediate success they kept working together as you said to make sure that that these books had messages of you know individual freedom and self-reliance and earning what you you know work hard for um and and, and making sure that little house had these messages in there using the popularity and influence of these books to spread and and promote messages of liberty and uh, you know Rose would go on to write other things she she wrote you know the discovery of freedom other great books. And all <laughs> kinds of things right about liberty and, and she was a great writer in her own regard but it, it's really fun to know that this was kind of the influence uh, behind the Little House books you know and there are, there are a few lessons we can take from these two women and that's you know why they're in the the courageous heroes book. Um, first, overcoming obstacles is a skill not many people have. Too many people, and this is where we get like the, the phrase snowflakes, right? Too many people hit one obstacle and they give up and, you know, oh, this life is too hard. I'm such a victim. Yeah, yeah, I got to. But writing books and, and talking about their obstacles and finding the, the light at the end of the tunnel that's not only helping you grow as a person, but that's how great art is created. It's it's that overcoming of the obstacles. And as far as Rose is concerned, you know, she was a pioneer woman for someone like me. And I don't love identity politics. I don't like, you know, identifying as, oh, I'm a woman, so I have to like these other women. But as I mentioned earlier, she dared to be one of the first females in a, in a very male-dominated political scene. And she impacted people like me with her writing. And, and that's why I'm here. So I have a lot of respect for her. Well, we will link on the show notes page to some resources where you can learn more. Of course, uh, make sure to check out Tuttle Twins Guide to Courageous Heroes and the other guidebooks that we have now published for preteens and older and the adults as well, of course. And uh, so you can go check out those resources. The show notes will be at TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. Thanks as always for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And Brittany, until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.